When I was, uh, when I was young, uh, I uh, thought I had a photographic memory. Uh, the problem is I didn't develop it. I can tell how old you are whether you laughed at that one or not. <laughs> but I've always liked photography. I was in a photography club in high school and uh, learned to develop pictures in a dark room and learned how to frame pictures with a camera and lots of other things. And so like many of you, I have thousands and thousands of pictures. In fact, I had to buy a separate uh, detachable hard drive to put the pictures on because they were clogging up the hard drive on my computer. Um, and, and so many of you like that. One of the uh, ubiquitous forms of photos that you see now everywhere are called selfies. Some of you are familiar with those, I'm sure. Um, they're everywhere. Um, and, and so not to be left behind, I thought I would share a few of my selfies with you. Uh, these are uh, very exciting for me. So uh, the first one I put up here was... Um, uh, from the peak of Mount Everest, a um, little distorted, but still you can, you can see that. Unfortunately, the mask I had to wear is covering my face. Uh, th this is uh, at a live volcano you can see in the background with some scientists uh, looking at the volcano. It was an exciting trip. And again, uh, the mask, you can see my nose. That's, that's a distinguishing feature, but outside of that. And then the last one's my favorite. This is on the last shuttle flight. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you can barely see the, the earth in, in, the, in the mask, but you can't see my face again. Well, by your laugh, I guess you got that these aren't me, but they're who I'd like to be. That's the whole idea of a selfie, right? It's who I'd like to be. It, it, it's to be able to show you that I live on the edge, uh, that, that I, I have a sense of adventure, that I'm where everybody wants to be and should be uh, right out there, you know, in, in the thick of it. Uh, and that's the idea of a selfie, creating an image, right? Creating an image. We live in an image-driven world. There was a commercial not too, well, not too long ago for me. Uh, for some of you, you weren't even born yet. Uh, but Andre Agassi used to do commercials for Canon uh, uh, cameras, and, and the tagline was, image is everything. And that's kind of the way our world seems to be, uh, creating an image, an image that we create by where we live, what we drive, what we wear, uh, by the conversation that we have, um, by all, all kinds of things, where we eat, what kind of food we eat. We try to create impressions uh, for other people to, to, to gain their acceptance, to, to look successful, um, whatever it might be. And so... The danger is, though, that sometimes we may get confused and, and not be able to separate uh, who we really are from the images we create. And so I start believing that maybe we are those, those images. Um, we do it for lots of different reasons. I, thought, I brought a shiny penny, and again, um, you know who's on the penny, and honestly, I think I look a little like Abe. <laughs> All right. The first one was better, right? Sorry. Getting old. But anyway, the shiny penny, the way it was created to be, uh, still shiny like it came from the mint. And, but the problem is that in life we begin to, to, to uh, override uh, that, to cover it up, to hide it away. My, my own broken self, I'm created, I'm a broken person. Uh, I, and uh, because of that, I, I fail where I want to succeed. I rebel when I want to be uh, compliant, uh, just all kinds of things working in my life, and, and all those things then begin to develop a life that, that covers up the person God created me to be, 
The shiny penny that it used to be now is covered up. And then in our lives, we have family and friends. They're all human too, and they all have uh, human nature, and they're all broken. And so we carry around some of the brokenness that comes from our, from our family and our friends, and that buries ourselves even deeper than what it might have been before. And then our community and our world is also broken. And boy, you're starting to get the picture, aren't you? Pretty soon that penny gets buried so far down in all the things that are a part of life that we lose track of it. We lose sight of it. We even sometimes don't even know it's there. Uh, we, we are, we are, we've, we've created so many um, uh, layers of life, uh, particularly images and ways of adapting. And, and so uh, we recreate ourselves according to the messages that we receive, the messages from our own brokenness, from our families, from our community, from our world, who try to tell us what, who we should be, and, and because we want their acceptance, we try to be. Um, and we try over and over again. And, 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 uh, and, and this even happens within the church. Uh, and I'm not saying it happens all the time, and I'm, but it's sometimes we, we, we get caught up in that as well. Uh, we, we come to, to, to church for, for healing, for hope, but sometimes we're disillusioned. Because instead of finding a place where that healing or hope might be, we find each other wearing our masks, creating our images, uh, not being real. And therefore, we don't feel like we can be real, and therefore, we don't deal with the stuff that's real, and we go away disillusioned. Uh, we put on the smiley faces. We say the good words of greeting. I'm not making fun of that. That's all good. I love greeting, and I love to smile. You can tell that. But sometimes we do it not because it's natural, but because we think we're supposed to or we're afraid not to. Uh, and after some time, we may actually start believing the images we create. The, the masks may seem real to us. Uh, and, and just like sometimes we look in the mirror, we don't see the, real, the face that's really there, but we see the face we want to see. And we see that face so many times, we don't really see the face in the mirror, and we can't accept that it's ours. But you know, there's good news. And you know, the good news is always Jesus Christ, isn't it? And, and that's the good news for us today, that Jesus knows who we really are. We may look in the mirror and not see who's really there, but he does. And we may have covered up that, that shiny new person that God created in his image, but he can see through to it. He knows. He created each of us, and he knows who we are. And that's good news. Even though it's a little scary, it's good news. That he will help us wade through all the layers of stuff to find the image he created in the first place, that we can be the person uh, uh, who, who, who lives in his likeness, uh, who bears his image, and therefore can minister to others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 18, it says, And we all, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is a process. It begins the moment we surrender our lives to the Lord. He begins unwrapping us, transforming us. Over time, it says, an ever-increasing glory until someday we will see him face to face and we will be fully in his glory just like him. But till that time, it's a process, day to day, moment to moment. But the good news, again, is that God knows our hearts in the, in the midst of it. He sees us as no other one can see us not even how we see ourselves. He is waiting to take us on a perilous and difficult journey, the most perilous and difficult journey any of us will take in our whole lives, and that's the journey inward, the journey to our own hearts. 
One place where I think about this was a song we just sang. Being a follower of Jesus is like going out into the oceans. Now, the song obviously was written about the experience of the Apostle Peter. When, when the disciples were going uh, across the Sea of Galilee at night on a boat, and Jesus appeared walking on the water and called Peter out of the boat to walk toward him. And the story says that as long as Peter kept his eyes upon the Lord, he walked on the waters. But as soon as he looked down at the waters, then he began to sink when he took his eyes off the Lord. And we sing that song with, with great sentiment, and we should. It's a beautiful song. The words are, are beautiful. The, the music is beautiful. It kind of pulls us in, and we sing it with fervor. But there again, we can get caught up just in the sentiment and, and not realize that the words are calling us to a deeper experience of the Lord. It, said, it begins, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. Peter wouldn't have liked the waters. He was Jewish. Uh, the early disciples were Jewish. The Jewish people didn't like water. In the creation story, it says that, that, that everything was a watery chaos, and God created the firmament and pushed the watery chaos up, and he, and he created land that pushed watery chaos down. But he left some of it showing in places. And, and, and the Hebrew people were always scared of it because to them it represented that chaos that they associated with death. Uh, and, and when Jonah was swallowed by the fish, he thought he was going into hell, literally. He thought he was in the place of death forever to die because he had, he had sunk into the oceans during the storm and swallowed by fish. And so, so Peter would not have liked that. that, that you know, I, I love the ocean. I go out as far as I can to keep from getting washed away by the waves. But Peter wouldn't have. He would have sat back on the, on the deck of the, of the hotel and watched <laughs> and not got anywhere close. So for him to walk on the waters... It was a perilous place, and that's where the Lord calls us. It is, in, in essence, for each of us, the, the primeval chaos of our own lives from which God brought us forth and gave us life and gave us hope. It's the untamed part within. Sometimes we harness the power of the deep, the water, but sometimes, like just this spring, the waters overflow and remind us that they do what they want to do when they want to do it, and we don't have power over them. And that's how it feels with us. It's a picture of the forces deep within us that threaten us every day of our lives, uh, and we guard against as best we can. But he takes us into that great unknown, into the mystery of our own hearts, to places we've never been and, quite frankly, probably don't really want to go. We're more comfortable uh, with the images that we create. But that penny is down deep in there, and the Lord takes us to find it. Um, We've, we've all tried to make our lives better as followers of Jesus, but our humanity constantly gets in the way, doesn't it? Every one of us are reminded every day in multiple ways that we are human and that we're not God and that we fail, uh, that, that, that we disappoint uh, ourselves and, and others around us. Our feet fail, as the song says. Um, we fall on the path um, and, 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 uh, and and we think we're going to drown in, in the depths of the oceans of, of our own lives, the layers of stuff that become our lives to this point. All the things that we, um, that we have experienced, our hopes, our dreams, successes, failures, pressures, pains, gains, losses, all the things you could add up. All of us have our own lists uh, of things that we have to trust him with as we walk out into the deep that he has to handle and take us through. 
when the Lord first spoke to me about this, and, and, and I, 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 I somehow learned to pray. I'm not great at prayer. Uh, honestly, I'm not great at prayer. But the Lord just kind of said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to learn to sit with me. And so um, I, I, I'm antsy. I, you can tell I just dance around up here. I don't sit still long well unless something really grabs my attention. And so to sit still before the Lord for a half hour to an hour or more was very, very difficult. At first, it was like five minutes, and then maybe 10, and then maybe 15, and then finally starting to get the hang of it. But sitting there with the Lord, I would sit quietly with the Lord, and he would show me my own brokenness. Isn't that what happens? We always put the music in our ears right because we don't want to hear the music in our heads, right? We want the music to come from the outside, not the inside. And so we cover it up. We turn the TV on. We turn the music on. Uh, we, we do something. We go somewhere. Anything to distract us from what's going on inside. But when you sit quietly before the Lord, what's inside comes out in his presence. Uh, and you have to sit there long, for a while, and, and, he speaks, and he starts speaking to me about, about my own brokenness, about my anger uh, that I inherited from my father, uh, which I've used to intimidate or to, to hide behind. It's like a defense mechanism. If something isn't going well, I just get mad and walk away. It works every time, supposedly. My need to be accepted, which leads me to say yes way too often. I accept way too many things I shouldn't because I want people to like me. And therefore, to get them to like me, I do whatever they ask me to do. And then I get into trouble. And then I get angry because all these people are making me do stuff I don't want to do. Well, I said yes, didn't I? Right? And then my jealousy, uh, my need to be recognized, and, and, and uh, leads me to compete for attention. I, uh, that's, that's one of the things I learned very early in marriage. You, you can't win that game, and I'm not meaning that to be, dis but you, when you have to make life work with another person, you can't compete anymore. Somewhere online, you have to learn how to cooperate, uh, how to appreciate, uh, and, and not compete, and, and, and so that was a hard one, and I get upset when someone gets the recognition I think I should desire, and then I get angry, and well, you know how all that goes. These, these, among other things, I won't tell you all the others. These are the safer ones for the moment. When I get to know you better, maybe. Maybe. All this is painful to admit. It's hard to admit. It's hard to stand up and say before someone else the things that you found in your own dungeon. It's difficult to deal with. I've tried to fix them myself over and over again. They don't get fixed. They don't just go away. I think I've got them fixed, and boom, there it comes. But the Lord has called me out upon the waters to face those things that are keeping me from being the person he wants me to be. And that's important. So the song continues, your grace abounds in deepest waters. Let that soak in. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. I get lost. Where my feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. It's called trust. To trust him that he knows the way in and he can get you out. I always had this fear I'd get in there and never get out. I've seen people do that. And they've struggled and they've struggled and they've been overwhelmed. But when the Lord leads us in, he will bring us out. He will show us the way. And the, and the most amazing part of it, we sing that song all the time. And I just sometimes kick myself because I'll get out of a church service where we've sung uh, Amazing Grace and I'll, I won't remember singing it because I just was going through the motions. That is the most unbelievable song, just like Oceans. It's an amazing song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Just as the waves uh, seem to overcome our hearts and overwhelm us, 
uh, we fear we'll sink, but the Lord speaks his words of grace. This beautiful song arises from within. We don't know where it comes from. The most beautiful voice singing it. And suddenly we realize it's a voice of God singing his grace to our hearts, telling us that it doesn't matter what's in that deep, dark place, the dungeon we have hid, hidden uh, uh, as far away as we can get it. It doesn't matter what's there. He still loves us. He still accepts us exactly the way we are that moment. He doesn't say, okay, Jim, fix it up, and then we'll talk. He doesn't say, next week, if you're not better than you are this week, we're cutting it off. He says, I love you this moment, exactly the way you are. He embraces you. He embraces me. He takes us the way we are. That's grace, you know. That's grace. And that's all that works because he is a holy God. He is perfectly righteous. His wrath will allow no sin in his presence, otherwise he'll no longer be a holy God. The only way we go into his presence is in his grace, that he accepts us the way we are. We, will, we all stand before the Lord by his grace alone. We have nothing to offer. We have no price to pay. We can't bribe him like we do so often in life. We can't earn it like we try so hard to do in life. We don't deserve it like we sometimes think we do in life. It's a gift he gives us, and we can't go into that inner dungeon without it. We can't experience what's there without it, without the voice of grace to hold us up, to support us, to pull us through, to be our promise and to be our hope. It's just like these three baskets. God begins to remove those layers as he sees them, and he talks to us about them, and we, we pray and surrender them to him. And one by one, he takes off all the pretense and all the things that we have done uh, that block and mar that beautiful image of God, and, and he begins to recreate us uh, in that image so that we can then uh, show forth his love and grace and mercy in a wor world that so needs it. All the ways we try to look good, to be accepted, to fit in, to prove ourselves, to compensate, to hide, to pretend, he takes away so we can be real. And so finally the song says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. That's the trick, isn't it? For God to call us into his heart and us experience him for who he really is. But it's a journey in which we cannot bring the pretense. We cannot bring the lies we have to be real because he is real. Here we can be real within ourselves. We can follow the Lord in earnest, no longer needing to put on the mask, no longer needing to cover up our tracks, no longer fearing that if we are exposed, uh, God will not love us, nobody will love us, we will be totally uh, abandoned. Now we can let him begin to transform us in earnest in those places where we really need it the most to deal with the real stuff. Once we acknowledge the depths of our own brokenness, then we can know the real meaning of grace. Grace doesn't make sense to us as long as we think we have something to offer God. I called being the little Jack Horner of Christianity. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his Christmas pie. He stuck in his thumb, pulled out a plum, and said, what a good boy am I. So we, 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 we earn all of our badges in Sunday school and Bible school, and, and we, we begin to think really good things about ourselves and, and who we are, and all that blocks the way to really understanding grace, 
Understanding grace comes from understanding our brokenness and knowing we have nothing else but the grace of God to stand upon. Then we treasure it. It's no longer theology, it's life. Once we have seen the freedom that standing in grace alone presents to us, not that we're not standing on our own two feet, but standing in the grace of God, we will seek the Lord for real because we will need him more than we need the breath we breathe. That's important. We can accept ourselves and we can accept others. Life, grace becomes life itself. And so when his heart touches our hearts and our hearts touches his heart, nothing will be the same ever again. Nothing is the same. It all changes. We can accept ourselves, we can accept others. And God's uh, same grace that he shows to us, we will allow for others. That's important. Once we sense our brokenness, it, it, it brings us uh, to, to stand on, on, on the real ground, not on all the things that we would stand upon to make ourselves bigger, all the images we create to create a person. We will, we will, all those will be knocked away and we'll be standing right on the ground, the real person God created us to be. And you know what happens then? Is we began seeing other people on that ground too. The playing field gets leveled. Ministry takes place in ways we couldn't even dream of. As long as we look down upon other people because they're broken and we're not, as long as we look down upon other people because they've got problems that we don't have, as long as we look down upon other people because they're not us, we don't really minister to them. But as soon as the, loving, as the playing field is leveled and we know that all of us are broken people, all of us live by the grace of God, all of us are in that boat together, suddenly ministry takes on a whole different meaning. Uh, in, uh, in Colossians chapter 3, I think I'm going to skip over. Yeah, Colossians chapter 3, beginning uh, with verse 9, it says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Not lying means not just saying lies, but not letting your life be a lie, but letting it be real. And then he goes on to say, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. All the stereotypes, all the masks that we wear, all the ways in which we differentiate between people, between the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, the like and the don't like, it's all gone in Christ. And we're all the same in him. It's an amazing thing. And that's when ministry takes place. That's when the gospel starts yelling from our lives and people say, that's it. Not because of who we are, but who God can then become within us in our brokenness through his grace. So let the Lord work in your life. Let, open the door to him. Go out in that ocean with him. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not going to stand up here and give you the, you know, the one, two, three. It's not easy. And it's different from everybody because all of our oceans are different. The places, the deep that he takes us into. But let him take you there. Go meet him. Sit with him. Stay with him until he shows you your heart in his heart. And then come forth in his grace and share it with others. Let's pray.